Praise God. All right. Be encouraged, y'all. You know what? It's always darkest right before the dawn. So as you're watching the news and you're getting these reports, just remember the Lord is on your side. And if God is for you, who can be against you? There's nothing to be afraid about. Um, you hear the death toll rising, and don't be moved by that. God's got you. It's always darkest right before the dawn. And I encourage you to continue to curse this coronavirus in the name of Jesus. We curse the coronavirus and command it to die. We command the curve to flatten in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, most believers don't know, don't recognize, are not aware of the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to talk about that today. But first, uh, just let me uh, acknowledge those of you that are watching online. We, uh, we welcome you. Thank you for spending a part of your Sunday with us. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I was singing in my car on the way here. We are adhering to this uh, 10 limit. We, we're making sure that there's no more than 10 in the building. <laughs> Sometimes we're swapping in and out. And I stayed out so musicians could be here. But I was listening on the way. I tell you what, did you hear that worship? My goodness, man, that fires me up. See, it's good to sing and give praise to God and thank God for his goodness and keeping us safe. Thank you, Lord. I know Carla prayed earlier and uh, has some great words of encouragement for you. And I just want you to, to, to be encouraged if you've lost a job or if you're worried about losing your job. I want you to be encouraged that God is your source. You are more than a conqueror. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. God will provide for you. God is your source. Your job is not your source. God is your source. And um, I hope this message today will encourage you, inspire you to uh, keep believing and using the authority that you have in the name of Jesus. Somebody, somebody was kind enough to make some tea for me this morning. If it was Shatan, okay, I need to pray over it. <laughs> so if you're watching, I'd like to um, invite you. Now, you can just be incognito if, if you want, but greet one another. I want this to be interactive. And, um, sh just give me, give me a shout-out. Let me know you're watching, and I'd like to, to know, if you don't mind, to tell us where you're watching from. And um, next week... Is an Easter like you've never seen it before. Praise God. Easter in your pajamas. All right. <laughs> and no, no big hats next week. Praise the Lord. Even though we don't have people showing up with big hats. We, we, we are a come as you are type ministry. We, we, and see, church is not about dressing up. And uh, it's not about what you wear. It's, it's about celebrating Jesus. And we're about one thing here, like Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. All right, so 
Y'all chat with one another. Summit Nation. I want to shout out to my Summit family. I know we have people, uh, guests that are watching. Um, so that's why I'm being a little repetitive uh, in some cases because I'm kind of emphasizing some, some main points because we have new people watching us all the time. So I see no more people are coming on here watching. Just, But please comment and let's be interactive. Greet one another just like you would if you were here physically, all right? Um, so I'm, I'm always, I, I've asked the Lord to, to show me of how we can do things uh, in, this, in this season that we're in right now, uh, what we can do differently to make things better, to be able to serve you better. I've been coming on our Summit Church community page uh, or our Summit Church page daily, just, just sharing, because I want us to stay connected. I want you to uh, stay encouraged, okay, because this too will pass. Amen. And I declare that there will not be one sick among the sound of my voice. And if you are sick, I command your body to be healed in the name of Jesus. You say, what? That might sound radical to some of you, but, but let's look into the Word of God and see what kind of authority, what, what Jesus has left us. See, when Jesus left the earth, all was not lost. It, it just got started, all right? Because Jesus said before he left, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you a, uh, alone, in other words, okay? He said, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to send you another comforter who is the Holy Spirit, who is the one living on the inside of us. And um, you better start that clock for me because I don't know. Okay, the word another. Okay, are y'all commenting or what? Oh, we just got, okay, here we go. We got, all right, here's some folks saying good morning. Okay, Ashley, what's up, Ashley? All right, we got Ashley Barnett, Bruce, uh, Bruce Walker. What's up, Bruce? Karen Smith, all right. Brenda Mudd, Linda Gibson, okay. All right. Just say something. I might look over here every once in a while. Probably not because I want to stay focused. I, I, I'm so excited about what I have to share with you tonight. But when Jesus said uh, tonight, today, another comforter, I'm going to send another helper. The word another means one like me, one who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. Okay, so... I've been talking about, I'm on a series right now on the authority of the believer. We've been looking into this. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Let me switch over to my presentation here. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm, I'm going to look at this in a, in a different translation. And authority, uh, by definition means a state of control over something. Authority means a state of control over something. Listen carefully. We've looked at this. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, he told his disciples. Now, at one time, he sent them uh, two by two. We looked at that scripture in Matthew 10, 1, and he gave them power, and he gave them authority over demons, 
He gave them authority over sickness and disease. And then in Luke 10, 19, he said, Behold, I give you authority to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That includes the coronavirus. Now, you've got authority over every sickness and every disease. Jesus, why? why? Because Jesus took your sicknesses and diseases on the cross. Matthew 8, 17 says, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2.24 says, By Jesus' stripes you were healed. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and listen, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities? Who heals all our diseases? How many? All. That includes the coronavirus. Okay? So, but a lot of Christians, they just accept sickness as a part of life. As though, now let, let me just interject something in here. Now hold on to your seatbelt. Because I hear comments about this kind of stuff. And then the CDC, they've got these precautions uh, to take. I'm not against taking precautions. We're taking precautions today. We've got 10 people. We're following the state guidelines of of not having gatherings more than 10. I wash my hands frequently. I, I put on the hand sanitizer, practice social distancing and all of that. I'm not against taking precautions. But what I'm saying is your faith has nothing to do using your authority, exercise, exercising your faith has nothing to do we're taking precautions. Okay, now what do I mean by that? Because I, I hear comments like, well, um, faith without works is dead. Don't you have to do something? Faith is an action. So, so taking precautions is an act of our faith. No, it's not. Taking precautions is a good idea to do. And I do that, and we should do that. Having said that, that has nothing to do with your faith. Because, see, you can't define faith on your own. You've you got to let the Bible tell you what faith is. Well, faith is taking precautions. No, it's not. Taking precautions is taking precautions. See, I don't have confidence and taking precautions. So let me back up. So let's let the Bible tell us what faith is. Romans 10.8 says, The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The Bible, this word that I'm ministering to you right now, it, this is a faith-producing word. This is why you feel better after hearing this. Now, I'm not here to make you feel good. Uh, that's just a byproduct. I'm here to give you uh, information from the word of God your faith will be inspired. See, your faith will be stirred up. Why? Why do you get stirred up? Why are you encouraged? Because, not because of me, because faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. Romans, the same chapter, Romans 10, 17, Romans, look up Romans 10, 8, Romans 10, 17. You cannot have faith apart from the word. Faith is not based on precautions, <laughs> or precautions is not a result, is not a part of faith. Faith, Bible faith. It's based on the Word of God. It's based on what God said. It's based on scriptures like himself took our infirmity and bore our sicknesses. While we take precautions, we don't put our confidence in the precautions. We put our confidence and our faith in the Word of God. Now, this is very important because when you hear people talk, they act like the stuff I'm talking about are not facts. They act like they put the CDC uh, uh, recommendations above the Bible as though, like, that's real and the Bible's not. No, this stuff I'm telling you today is, is factual, not just in heaven, but on the earth where you are. Jesus gave you authority on the earth to walk on the devil. Walk on the circumstances. Oh, and there's more. I'm, I'm, I'm going to load you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to empty both barrels on you today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because I want you to be inspired by the word of God and know that you don't have to sit down and take it and wonder whether or not you're going to contract this disease or not, whether or not somebody's going to pass it on to you when you go to the grocery store. No, you go to the grocery store, bowl, get your milk and cereal, in my case, peeps, <laughs> praise the Lord. But just, I mean, be bold. The righteous are bold as a lion, praise God. Because you know that nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you know who you are in Christ. This is about knowing who you are. Okay? Not by, about psyching you up. It's basing your faith on God's word. And God's word says that he protects you. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You shall not, Psalm 91, you shall not be afraid of this pestilence that walks in darkness. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Why? No plague shall come near your dwelling because he gives his angels, calm down now, he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Okay. I want to talk to you about the power of attorney. Once I get, I'm going to start my message in a minute. Let's make, <laughs> I forgot this confession that we do. Uh, I don't know if we have this um, on the screen or, or not. If, if not, we just have to repeat it. Uh, I don't know. Carla, do we, or we have, do we have this? Okay, just repeat this after me. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. 
Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all that I was created to be in Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's talk about the power of attorney. What's the power of attorney? It, that's when um, a person is appointed to act for another. This is not letting me do what I'm supposed to do here. I'm trying to control these slides here. Excuse the man behind the curtain here for a second. I may have to bypass this. Okay. When you give someone a, the power of attorney, that is a person that, that is appointed to act for another. Now, when we talk about authority, in this power of attorney that Jesus has given to us, okay, he has given us authority. That is the state, again, authority is a state of control over something. So, the power of attorney is a person appointed to act for another. So we have been given, we have been appointed to act on Jesus' behalf. We are, we are Jesus, God's representatives on the earth. Thank you, Lord. Now the, now the question is, now this is very important, what is the value behind this power of attorney that we have in the name of Jesus. Now, the, listen, the value, let me switch back over to Facebook. Y'all commenting? This is interactive this morning, y'all. Okay. Y'all on my leadership team, y'all jump in there. And uh, as you sip, sip your coffee and your tea or whatever, jump in there and greet one another. Amen. And let's, let's encourage one another. Thank you, Lord. We all need encouragement. Amen. Especially during these times. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So this, so what is behind? I want to get to what, what is the value? What's the value of the authority that we have in the name of Jesus? Now, now the value of this authority that we have in the name of Jesus, it, it depends on how much power is in back of his name. How much power is in back of his name? Now, when you think about uh, a name, um, what makes a person's name great? What makes a person's name great? Some people's names are great because they inherited a great name, like a Rockefeller, okay? Um, some people, they have great names because 
they have a great name given to them. Somebody gave them a name, similar to like a person gets a, a honorary doctorate degree. They become doctor so and so. Been so so. Some people have a great name because a name has been great name has been given to them. And other people have a great name because they've earned it through their achievements. Now think about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus' name, his name is great because of all those things. He inherited, let me give you some, we won't turn to him, but I want to give you some scriptural references. He inherited a great name. Hebrews 1.4 says, uh, in reference to the angels, he inherited a more excellent name than the angels. So one, he inherited a, a great name. And then two, he was given a great name. Philippians 2.9 says that he was given a name that is above every name. Coronavirus is a name. His name is above that. His name is above poverty. His name is above sickness and disease. Thank you, Lord. So, he inherited a great name. He had a great name given to him. And he also has a great name because of his accomplishments or his achievements. He conquered the devil on the cross. Hebrews 2.14 says that he broke the power of him that held the power of death. That is the devil. Ephesians uh, 1.21, we'll look at that a little bit later um, in more detail, but he was, it tells us he was raised, when he was raised from the dead, far above all principality, power, and might, and every, and, uh, every, every power, might, and dominion. Thank you, Jesus. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. See, in the power of eternity, see, that's what's in back of the name. That's the value of the name of Jesus. He, we've been given, we are, we are authorized representatives, our authorized agents of God's power. Thank you, Jesus. We're, uh, we're authorized dealers of the power of God. And then we see what's in back of that name. Thank you, Lord. The name of Jesus is above every name. And see, that's the, the, the power that's behind the name of Jesus. Okay? Now, let's look at Matthew chapter uh, 16 and verse 19. It says, now I quoted this earlier, but in the Amplified Bible, I, I, want, I want you to see this. See, what can we exercise authority over? That's a good question. We can use our authority over anything that Jesus has already provided for, her, for us in his finished work. I mentioned one and gave you scriptures about sickness and disease. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103, and all that's within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, God's got benefits. Who, who forgives all our iniquity, who heals 
all our diseases. Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, I quoted those, okay? So those have been provided for already. So you can exercise your authority over anything that has been given to us in the finished work of Jesus, okay? And um, Matthew 16, 19, let's look at this from the Amplified. I, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Now, what this is saying is, you just can't take authority over, any, over things that have not been provided through the finished work. But everything that's been provided through his finished work, like healing and prosperity, things that belong to you already in Christ. We talked about the sovereignty of God last week. I don't want to go over that again. But a sovereign God, isn't God sovereign? You can't make, make God do stuff. He's saying whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You've got to do something on the earth in order for heaven to back you up. See, Heaven has already provided these things. You're not making God do anything. He's already done it on the cross. He's already healed you and prospered you 2,000 years ago on the cross. And all we're doing when we're binding and loosing on earth is we are exercising dominion over things on the earth that belong to us. Okay? Okay? And it's the devil, God is not responsible for the coronavirus or any sickness and disease. God is not the author of sickness and disease. Satan is the author of sickness and disease. When Jesus walked the earth, it said of him how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, the Bible calls sickness and disease satanic oppression. So anything that the devil is bringing, you've got authority over it. Anything, anything that, what do you have authority over? Anything the devil brings, anything that steals, anything that kills, anything that destroys. See, and the things we take authority over are promises that are already. See, you, you can't uh, use your authority to get somebody else's husband <laughs> because that has not been provided for you. See, I'm not just talking about speaking goofy stuff. I'm talking about the promises of God. Before you even ask for a promise, the Bible says that all the promises of God are in him, yes, and amen. The answer is already yes. And we need to exercise our authority. See, a lot of times we're praying when we should be exercising our authority. See, there's a difference between praying and using your authority. As I've been saying in this series over and over again, using your authority is not talking to God about your problem. It's talking to your problem about God. 
talking to your problem about what God says. He said, whatever you bind. So you got to do something. Don't just sit back and, and take sickness and disease. You got to fight for your right to party. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. Okay, so the Beastie Boys came out. So, so, but you got to fight. What does the Bible say? Fight the good fight of faith. God gave us a party through the cross, and we need to fight the, the, the good fight of faith. All right. Now watch this. Hang on to your seat, boy. This is good stuff. In the name of Jesus, we've been given. You know what we've been given? Now think about all this power that's in back of the name. In the name of Jesus, we've been given a signed check on all the resources of heaven. And all God asks us to do is fill it in. That, that, that's what it is here. Now listen. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let's, let's, let's look at some powerful stuff here from Matthew chapter 14. We're going to begin in verse 22. Okay, I think I'm ready to start preaching now. All right. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. How are y'all in the chat room? Y'all chatting? All right. Okay, so after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, watch this, walking on the sea. Is that cool or what? Put yourself in that boat, and here comes Jesus. <laughs> Man. Walking on the sea. And, um, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, first they didn't know it was him. They were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Boy, isn't that pretty powerful? Wow. So the Passion Translation says this, and this is a good word for the season we're in right now. The Passion says, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. See, that's the reason why in this, these times that we're living in today, we can take heart. We can be brave. Fear not. See, why? Because Jesus says, I am here. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's right there. He understands when you're worried. He understands when, when, you're, when you're fearful. And he said, trust me. If, if, if you, I, I pray, Father, for everyone who's Worried right now, that very concerned about the coronavirus. They're afraid of catching the virus. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that 
your peace that passes all understanding. I declare that that peace come on them right now and just fill their soul. Thank you for your presence right now. See, if you, if you know the Lord, that peace is on the inside of you. He's right there with you. He said, he said hear, hear, hear him whisper, I am here. Don't be afraid. Be brave. Be bold. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to the passage. And you, you sense that peace on you right now? There's nothing to be afraid about cause, cause, because of Jesus. He's with you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So he's walking on the sea. And uh, so when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. All right? So he's asking what? Permission. He's asking permission to, man, let me, Peter's like, let me do that. Let me walk on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water and came to Jesus. But see, there, there was a wind going on. There was wind, a windstorm. And he started to get his eyes. At first, his eyes were on Jesus. Now, the, the, same, the same storm that threatened to destroy the disciples, Jesus walked on top of. <laughs> okay? Jesus was walking on top. Of, of a situation that was trying to destroy them. But see, he began, the Bible says, he, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. But Jesus already told him, don't be afraid. I'm here. Thank you, Lord. So, in beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus uh, reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Okay, now let's, let's check this out here. Jesus, we're talking about the power of attorney. Jesus gave him authorization. He authorized him. In other words, gave him power of attorney to walk on that water. And see, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he's walking on the water. But what caused him to be afraid? Why did he begin to sink? Because he began to look at the circumstances. Apply that to today. If you're watching the news all day, I encourage you, don't, don't do that because it, it promotes fear. Spend time in the Word of God because the Word of God, again, faith comes by hearing. The Word pr promotes faith. See, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is a result of hearing bad news. 
Fear is a response to what the devil says. All the stuff that he's doing, killing, stealing, destroying. When you hear about that stuff, people dying and, 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 and people losing their jobs and all that kind of stuff. If you take heed to that and you yield to that, that response is, is fear. It results in fear because fear is a response to what the devil says and does. Faith is a response to what God says and does says and does. So spend your time feeding on God's word and it, it, it will build you up. Right? Peter looked at the wind and it caused him to be afraid. If you keep watching the news, it can cause you to be afraid. But the, what's the solution? What, Jesus, what, what Peter did in the beginning, he kept his eyes on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wherever you are, just say this. Say, I'm an authorized dealer of God's power. We've been given authority over Satan, demons, evil spirits, sickness, and disease. Over all, again, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you know where you are right now? Seated. I can't wait to tell you this. Ephesians chapter 1. This is a, a prayer. Um, I'm going to pick up midway into this prayer that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. And you can pray this over yourself. And he was talking about, we're going to begin in, in verse 20, that he worked in Christ. when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his, we probably should read that 19th verse because we're picking up in the middle of a sentence here. We'll go to it real quick. Verse, I'm not going to read this whole prayer, but in verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? That's you and I. According, watch this, to the working of his great might, one translation says mighty power, verse 20, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him. Notice him twice. He raised who? Him from the dead and seated who? Him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, watch this. We're going to read into chapter 2, but the, the Bible was not written in chapter and verses and chapter divisions, verse distinctions. It was added by the translators um, so we could have clarity. But in some cases, it, it, it hinders our understanding because Paul didn't write this with verse or chapter divisions or verse distinctions. It's one continuous letter or narrative. So we're going to read into so you can get the, the whole point that Paul is making. He didn't stop and say, okay, chapter 2. Okay, he's, he's um, emphasizing something. He's, he's bringing out a point, and I want you to see this. 
Now remember, he raised him, raised him from the dead. This power, the power of God raised him, Jesus, from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, see, the, the, uh, all what? Rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every, and, and, and above what? Every name. See, that, see, remember we read, or I quoted, compare this with Philippians 2.9. He's been given a name that is above every name because God's power raised him above every name. That is name, not only in this age, but also in the one which is to come. Why is this important? What, what, what does this have to do with coronavirus? What does this have to do with sickness and disease? It's because Satan is the author of sickness and disease. And Satan is a name that, 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 is, that Jesus was raised far above. And that means his name is above everything that Satan brings. Everything that's in his package. Far above. Now underscore that. Far above. If you, got, you have your Bible, get it out. Don't, just, don't take a preacher's word for it. That's been our problem over the years. Just check it out in the Word. And if you have your Bibles, mark that in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can write in. Throw it away and get you one you can write in. <laughs> Far above. My Bible, I, I just got a new one, and I'm in the process just marking it up. Just marking it up. Orange and green and yellow and red, all kind of colors, and circling around it, boxes around it. Amen. This is your workbook, praise God. We need to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. Okay, Jesus was raised far above our rule, authority, and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Now, let me just put a pin here and let you know that in Matthew 28, 19, compare that with um, Mark chapter 16. God said, Jesus said, right before he left to be seated at the right hand of the Father, after he was raised from the dead, and right before he was about to go and be seated at the right hand of the Father, which we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, look at that in a second. One of the last things he said before he left this earth, all authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. Jesus in heaven is the head of the church, but he left his body on the earth. The authority in heaven, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on, and on earth. The authority in heaven is for Jesus. The authority on earth is for the church because he's the head, we're his body. We're connected. All right? So, you think your head can do something without your body being there? <laughs> See, so he needs us on the earth. I mean, while Christians are asking God to do something about the coronavirus, Jesus is saying to the church, you do something about the coronavirus. You, I gave you authority to bind whatever you bind. I'm going to back you up. 
because it's already been provided for, but you've got to make a demand. Because I put you on the earth. You're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. So he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. We missed that. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, in the context, I'm going to break this down for you. What controls this, again, he's, he's not going into another chapter. He's really talking about the same thing. What controls the, the action of this is in verse 20 when he says, when he raised him from the dead. Because what he's saying here, and, 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 and as we look to some other scriptures in this passage, it's going to bear this out. But what this is saying is God's power raised him from the dead and raised you when you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Verse 5, even, even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. See, we were identified in every aspect of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. See, when Jesus went to the cross and was crucified, God saw us crucified. That's why Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and yet not I, but Christ lives in me. See, when, when Jesus died, we died. In God's mind, he saw us because everything that Jesus did on the cross, none of it was for himself. All of it was for us. He saw us in Christ. So even, listen, he raised him from the dead, verse 1, and he raised you when you were dead in trespasses and sins, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So you were made alive. When, when Jesus was made alive, you were made alive. By grace, you've been saved. And watch this. It gets better. And, and raised us up with him. See, you were there. When he went to the cross, God saw you. You were raised up with him. And here's where you are right now. Seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's your seat. You have a seat of authority. You say, well, wait a minute. I, what do you mean I'm seated? You have authority. But I'm here on the earth. Let me ask you a question. The, uh, the, the, the Queen of England. Okay, now when she's not sitting on her throne and she's walking in the mall, is she the queen? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So no matter where you go, even though we're not, we're not physically there in heavenly places, God sees us there in Christ with him. Christ is seated, but we're seated with him. Even though we're on the earth, 
we still kings. And we still have authority. Thank you, Jesus. So let, let, me, let me close with this. We'll pick up from here next time. If, if you like this today, there's more where this comes from. Um, <laughs> John chapter 14. What does it mean to use your authority in the name of Jesus? John 14, 13, and whatever you ask. Now, the word ask here is really um, misleading because this is really not talking about prayer. This is talking about using your authority because this is, this is not anything like asking the Father. Like it says in John 16, it says it's talking about prayer where it says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is not talking about prayer. The word ask, uh, if you look this up in the Greek, it can also be translated demand. And, it, and that's better. The sense in this verse is that the word ask is really demand. So we can read it like this, whatever you demand in my name, this will I do. Now compare that with whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Whatever you demand in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, when we exercise our authority, we're honoring Him. And the Father is glorified when you use your authority. When you tell that coronavirus, not in this house. When you tell lack, no, not in this house. I don't care what they're saying on my job about laying off. And you might have been laid off or let go. But guess what? Use your authority. When you use your authority and, and just stand up in your house and say, I have authority over lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. Somebody cross your legs and say, I'm in charge. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. You are because you you've been given authority. Stop. Now, there's, there's, there's a place for prayer. But there's a place for using your authority and just stop talking to God about stuff he's given you authority to control. Talk to your problem about what the word says. What does it mean to use your authority in the name of Jesus? In conclusion, listen to this. When you use your authority in the name of Jesus, the results, listen, the results are not based on who you are or what you have done. Well, Pastor, you can, you can say that because you're a man of God. And, and uh, I know you walk in the anointing, but I messes up. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, who don't mess up? We all mess up. I mean, sometimes we put ministers and pastors on a, on a, on a pedestal where they don't belong. Listen, you, you've got the same anointing as I do. I just have a different responsibility, but you have the same anointing. We all, we, we're not like, it's not like this, like not a hierarchy like this. It's all like this. There's no minister got any more anointing than you have. You have an anointing from the Holy One, the Bible says, and you know all things. You 
you have an anointing. And see, the results and using your authority and expecting results is not based on your behavior. We're in a covenant of grace. God's blessings and God's favor on our life is not dependent on your faithfulness or your obedience is based on Jesus' obedience. Because of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It has nothing to do with your behavior. It has nothing to do with how many times you messed up. If you messed up a thousand times today, you have the same authority as somebody who didn't mess up today. It's important for you to understand that because the devil will always whisper in your ear and say, well, you know, you, you've been cussing. How are you going to use your authority? Now, I'm not encouraging you to cuss. But, but what I'm saying is, is that it's not your behavior that, that causes you to get, to get the results. Because listen, understand this statement, see? When you use your authority, the results are not based on who you are or what you've done. The results that you should expect is based on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Man, I'm preaching myself happy today. Listen, praying in the name of Jesus is putting your faith in the finished work of Christ. It ain't putting your faith in, in, in social distancing or hand sanitizer. All right to do those things. But I'm not putting my confidence in that. Because guess what? That mess can fail. <laughs> you know, hand sanitizer, you can't put no faith in that. I'm not going to put my faith in no mask. You understand? You put your faith in it is finished, the finished work of Christ. And see, when you use your authority in the name of Jesus, see, when, when, you, when you use your authority, it's placing your faith in the finished work of Christ. When you use your, listen, last statement. When you use your authority in the name of Jesus, it's as though Jesus himself is exercising authority over it. Whew! So when you exercise your authority over the coronavirus, when you bind that coronavirus and command it to stop in the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus himself is doing it because we're his representative. We're his hands and feet on the earth. He's far above. I declare over you, did you hear that? He's far above Satan. That means everything that Satan is responsible for, he's far above it. What does that also mean? In our identification, you are far above it. You are far above sickness and disease. I boldly declare it because it, it, I'm standing on the word of God. You are, you are far above the coronavirus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to receive communion right now. And I'm going to pack my bags and get out of here. Praise the Lord. What are y'all saying over here in the chat room? Thank you, Jesus. Thank y'all for participating. 
chatting and watching. And uh, I, I encourage you to go ahead and uh, when Don says, I hear the chains falling. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I hear them falling, too. The entrance of God's word brings light. You know what repent means? See, some people are repenting right now. Some people didn't, didn't, use, didn't know about using their authority, but they, they're woke now. And you're woke, man. You know how to use your authority, see, because some people didn't know that. And you know what repent means? Repent doesn't mean bawling and squalling and crying. Uh, repent means to change your mind. Metanoia in the Greek it means change, change your mind. Well, pastor, don't talk about repentance enough. People repent all the time. When the, when the finished work, when the gospel of grace is pre preached, the good news of God's unmerited favor, and people thought that God was mad at them, and God beats them up with every, every mistake, and God's got it like a bully, and, and he's in heaven with a big old um, stick, a paddle, and he's ready to whoop you whoop some sense into you when you mess up. That's the God of religion. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He's not a big bully with a stick. He's a God of love. If you want to know how Jesus operates, if you want to know how God is, just follow him around in the Gospels. What do I mean? Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So if you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, delivered, set free, healed, blessed, prosperous. Glory to God. Everywhere you see Jesus go, it's the religious folks that were accusing, accusing him, accusing people, they got rocks in their jaws. They're mad. See, religion keeps hollering, live right, live right, live right. But see, the gospel is believing right. The, the gospel is all about believing right. When you believe the right things, you're going to live as a byproduct. You'll live holier. You'll live more holy on accident than you ever could on purpose. When you understand the grace of God, when you understand it's Jesus' obedience that makes you righteous, not your obedience. Whew, that just causes you to just relax and just rest. Rest in the finished work. See, when you're seated, you're resting. See, and you just rest and, and stop going through all these religious calisthenics and jumping through these hoops and thinking that you got to do something to be good enough. See, religion is about do, do better, try harder. You know what God has done for you? I mean, how in the world are you going to keep up with what Jesus has done for you? You'd never be able to match that. It wasn't meant for you to match. It was meant for you to accept what he did for you and rest in that. And let him live his life through you. So if you've been trying to be a good Christian and you've been trying hard, I recommend you quit. We're not under the law. We're under grace. You quit working. 
Thank you, Jesus. And you just rest in the finished work of Jesus. Whew. It's much better. Not about trying. It's about believing right, believing the right thing. Believe that Jesus has done it for you on the cross. And your, God's favor is on, that's on your life, as we prepare to receive communion right now, I just want to talk about this. Just God's blessings and God's favor on your life is not based on what you do. It's finished. It's based on Jesus' obedience on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we live by the grace of God. See, what's grace? God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. You don't work for his favor. You just receive it. God favors you today because of what Jesus did on the cross. Hallelujah. So be free. Be free to receive your blessings. Be free to use your authority in the name of Jesus. Have, have your shoulders back and your head up and walk boldly. The righteous are bold as a lion. Woo, man. Doesn't this energize you, give you strength? It's all because of Jesus. Jesus, we just thank you for your finished work on the cross. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that your love for us is unconditional. Thank you, Papa, for your love. Thank you that we have fellowship, sweet fellowship and communion with you. Thank you that you sent Jesus that we might have life and, and have it more abundantly. Thank you. Thank you for your favor. This bread represents the body of Jesus. I didn't tell you, but you, you can go, and if you haven't done so, you can just grab your crackers or something, potato chips, whatever. You can grab an ounce and get, get you, take some communion over this, get you some grape juice, apple juice, cranberry juice, whatever. Just get you something, and it's what it represents. That's, that's what it's about. We just thank you for the finished work on the cross. Lord, we just thank you that we have rest today. Thank you that on the cross you took all of our sins, past, present, and future that were forgiven. We thank you because of the stripes that you bore on your back that we've been healed. And that's what this bread represents. Let's think of Jesus taking coronavirus on the cross. Let's rebind the coronavirus and command that curve to flatten we command it to die in the name we command it to disappear in the name of Jesus. All because of the authority that we've been given because of the cross. Let's partake of the bread together. Coronavirus, you die. When's this thing going to? When's this thing going to change? When believers rise up all over this world, people, and believers are doing it. When more believers get behind this thing and begin to speak over this virus and command it to go, it will disappear. You wake up one morning and it says it's gone. We don't know what happened to it. 
Thank you, Jesus, that we've been forgiven. This cup represents the fact that we've been forgiven. And you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's partake of the cup together.